Well, hello there. Come on in. Oh, Will, you've got company. Howdy folks, and welcome to Dawson's Den. Come in! Come in! The door's open! Okay. Oh, oh, hey, oh, hey. Terry Den, how you doing, Terry? Will, Will Dawson, I'm doing good. How are you this fine morning? Oh, doing just fine. Just fine. Folks, uh, Terry uh, Denton here uh, is a tree trimmer. Uh, who do you work for, Terry? Well, we have a company called the Half Fast Tree Trimmers. Half Fast Tree Trimmers? Yeah, you know, we don't really trim slow. We don't really trim fast. We just trim half fast. Half fast. Okay. Well, you, you know, Terry, I, I got a story for you. Uh, you would not believe what this tree trimmer was doing the other week. He was uh, removing a a hazardous tree in my backyard and he was right in the middle of the job and you wouldn't believe what he did right in the middle of the job. Well, well, what did he do? Well, I told him he was doing a great job and then he took a bow. Oh. Oh, well, okay. Well, Terry, what brings you here into Dawson's Den this fine day? Well, you know, I've been doing some reading, being as I don't watch television. And, uh, doing some reading? What's that you got in your hand there? Well, Will, this is a book. A and book. it's one of my favorite books. One of your favorite books. Uh, what's it about and who wrote it? Well, this, this book is by a famous artist. Famous artist? Yes. A lot of people will remember that... Uh, Charlie Marion Russell, born in 1861, I believe, died in 1926. They'll remember him as a truly Western artist. But a lot of people do not know that Charlie Russell was also a very gifted storyteller. Really? I didn't know that. Well, uh, he told a lot of his stories around the bars up around Helena and Great Falls, Montana. But in 1926, shortly before he died, people started saying, Charlie, you ought to put some of those memories of yours, some of those stories into a book form. And he started that. Unfortunately, a lot of cigar smoking and whiskey drinking cut his life a little bit short, but he had probably 90% of this book completed by the time he passed away. And his wife, Nancy, finished the book and printed it. Uh, and it's, it's been a success. And when I discovered it, uh, I couldn't put it down. Uh, Trails Plowed Under. Uh, when, did that, when did that book come out? It came out in 1926. So it's almost 100 years old. Almost. Yeah. Cool. Uh, that sounds pretty interesting. And uh, you've, uh, 
is it one whole story or what, what is it? No, uh, Will, this is a compilation of stories. Uh, the introduction, by the way, was by a fairly famous, at the time, humorist called Will Rogers. Will Rogers, that's who I'm named after. Well, I'll be darned, so there's kind of a coincidence I bring this book over today. <laughs> it, it is, yeah. Yeah, my family really liked Will Rogers, and, and actually I, um, I grew up listening to him on the radio. I'll be darned. The, uh, but like you, uh, you had asked before, this is a compilation of stories. He's got, he's got stories that uh, a good friend of his, Rawhide Rollins, related. And, and Charlie was smart enough to set some of those stories down in print, uh, told him often enough that he had the punchlines down. And when people asked him to write a book about his stories, this is what he came up with. And of course, back when Charlie uh, was up in Montana, the Buffalo trails were what the Indians and the Cowboys uh, followed. And as time progressed, those trails, some of them became roads. Some of those trails became uh, fields of corn and wheat. And basically the name of the book, Trails Plowed Under, comes from the fact that this is history and a lot of those trails are no longer there. They're, they're in cow pastures, they're in wheat fields. So uh, this was Charlie's attempt to pass on some of the stuff that uh, he heard of and and painted uh, nearly, well, nearly a hundred years ago. You know, that sounds really interesting, Terry. Uh, I'd sure like to hear a, a story from one of those books. And maybe when we come back, we'll, uh, if you'd be kind enough to read one of those stories uh, uh, from Trails Plowed Under, uh, we'll get to that after we hear all about Clarabelle's Just for Horses. Friends, has this ever happened to you? Yep. You got a fine horse there, Will. Excellent confirmation, fine ground manners, and I see that he turns on a dime. I would sure like to buy him from you, ex except... Except? Well, shoot, I don't know how to be gentle about this, but... I don't like his color. I, I cannot stand a white horse. Well, if the color of the horse is the only thing bothering you, Terry, use Clarabelle's Just for Horses. What in the world is Clarabelle's Just for Horses? Well, Clarabelle's Just for Horses is the quick and easy shampoo in horsehair color treatment that gives perfect results Every time. You can change that white horse into a dappled gray, a bay, or a molted magenta in just five easy minutes. Hey, that sounds swell. I'll buy him. Uh, will you take a check? You bet. Folks, Clarabelle's Just for Horses is specially formulated for horse hair. Just spray it on your pony. Psst. 
Wait five minutes, then hose it off. In minutes, you have a new looking horse. Need a horse of a different color? Try Clarabelle's Just for Horses, now in 50-gallon draft horse size. Clarabelle's Just for Horses, available exclusively at Big Ralph's Feed and Seed. Remember, if you can't find it at Ralph's, you just don't need it. Well, we're back with Terry Denton and uh, talking about Trails Plowed Under by Charles Russell. You know, Charlie Russell, as Terry, you said, was a famous Western artist. And uh, I didn't know this, but he was also a gifted writer, too. And he wrote this book, Trails Plowed Under. And uh, you've offered to read one of the stories uh, from that book, if you'd be kind enough to do so. Uh, well, thank you for the introduction there. You know, uh, one of the other books that Charlie Russell wrote uh, was called Good Medicine. And every once in a while in this day and age, a person needs a dose of good medicine. But my favorite story out of Trails Plowed Under is one that's affectionately called Lepley's Bear. And uh, with your blessing, I'm kind of I'm going to read this, hoping I get the inflections okay. Lepley's Bear. Old man Lepley tells me one time about a bear he was near, near enough to shake hands with, but they don't get acquainted. He's been living on hog fat till he's doggone near starved. So one day he saddles up and starts prowling for something fresh. There's a lot of black-tailed deer in the country, but they've been hunted till they're awful shy. So after riding a while without seeing anything, he thinks he better have he might have better luck if he's afoot. So the first park he hits, he stakes his horse. It's an old beaver meadow, blue joint grass to the cayuse's knees, and about the center, like it's been put there just for him, is a dead cottonwood snag handy to stake his horse to. After leaving the park, he ain't gone a quarter of a mile till he sees the taller branches of a chokecherry bush moving. Well, there's no wind, and Lepley knows that that bush don't move without something pushing it, so naturally, he's curious. Tain't long till he heaps savvies. It's a big silver-tipped bear, and he's sure busy burying. There's lots of meat there, and bear grease is better than any store-bought lard. So Lepley, he pulls down on him, aiming for the silver-tip's heart. Mr. Bear bites where the ball hits. It makes old Silver damn disagreeable. He starts bawling and a-coming. As I said before, there ain't no wind. It's the smoke from this old gun hovering over Lepley that tips off the bear as to where he's hiding. He's packing a sharp's carbine. That bear's coming fast enough. He ain't got time to reload. So he turns this bear hunt into a foot race. It's a good one, but it looks like Lepley's going to take second money. When he reaches the park, his hoss is grazed to the near end. Lepley don't stop to bridle, but leaps for the saddle. About this time, the hoss sees what's hurrying the rider. 
and one look is enough. In two jumps, he's given the best he's got. Suddenly, something happens. Lepley can't tell whether it's an earthquake or a cyclone, but everything went from underneath him, and he's sailing off. And I might mention he's flying low and using his face for a rough lock and stops again some bushes. When he wakes up, he don't hear harps and he don't smell smoke. It ain't till he remembers he didn't untie his rope. The snag snapped off and his hoss is trying to drag it out of the country. And Mr. Bear, by the sound of breaking brush, is hunting a new range. It won't be anywhere near where they met. When the hoss stops at the far end of the rope, that old snag snaps off and all of her branches scatter over the park. I guess Mr. Bear thinks the hoss has turned on him. Maybe some of them big limbs bouncing off of him. He thinks that maybe the hoss has friends and they're throwing clubs at him. Anyhow, Mr. Bear gives the fight to Lepley and the horse. Lepley says that for months afterwards, he has to walk that old hoss a hundred yards before he can spur him into a lope and that you could stake him on a hairpin and he'd stay. <laughs> That's a good story. A real good story, Terry. Well, thanks for reading that. And uh, we'll be back after we find out who is in the Critter Corner this week. Few animals found in the West are as fearsome as the grizzly bear. The grizzly bear is a kind of brown bear, although most people use the common name grizzly bear to refer to the smaller and lighter colored bear that is found in interior areas, and the term brown bear to refer to the larger and darker colored bear of coastal areas. Grizzly bears are large, and range in color from very light tan to dark brown. They have a dished face, short rounded ears, and a large shoulder hump. The hump is the spot where the mass of muscles attached to the bear's backbone, giving the bears additional strength for digging. They also have very long claws on their front feet that give them extra ability to dig for food and to dig their dens. Grizzly bears once roamed throughout the entire western United States, south into Mexico, including the Great Plains and along rivers and deserts. Control actions and habitat loss removed them from 98% of their original habitat in the U.S. Thanks to conservation efforts since about 1975, grizzly bears are recovering well in Yellowstone and elsewhere in the northern Rockies, and are even beginning to recolonize prairie habitats along the Rocky Mountain Front in Montana. Grizzly bears can be found in woodlands, forest, alpine meadows, and prairies. They generally prefer riparian areas along rivers and streams. Grizzly bears are omnivores, that is, they eat both plants and meat. The most commonly eaten plants are fleshy roots, fruits, berries, grasses, and forbs. In terms of meat, their prey can include fish, rodents like ground squirrels, 
and hoofed mammals like moose, elk, caribou, and deer, especially young members of these species. Grizzly bears can also target domestic animals like cattle and sheep, causing economic loss to ranchers. While increasing numbers of grizzly bears has been a conservation success story, increasing conflicts between bears and humans have caused concern. Grizzlies are considered more aggressive compared to black bears when defending themselves and their offspring. Unlike the smaller black bears, adult grizzlies do not climb trees well and respond to danger by standing their ground and warding off their attackers. Mothers defending cubs are the most prone to attack and are responsible for 70% of humans killed by grizzlies. Grizzly bears normally avoid contact with people. In spite of their obvious physical advantage, they rarely actively hunt humans. Most grizzly bear attacks result from a bear that has been surprised at close range, especially if it has a supply of food to protect, or female grizzlies protecting their offspring. This offers scant solace, however, to those who live and recreate in grizzly bear country. For these folks, training regarding safe travel in bear country, often offered by wildlife agencies, is a good choice. The grizzly bear, sometimes feared and always respected. Well, we're back with Terry Denton. And uh, Terry, I did appreciate you uh, reading that story from Trails Plowed Under. I didn't know anything about that book. And I I'm feeling kind of uh, embarrassed. I probably should have known about it. Uh, I think that um, that's the kind of book that's got those uh, stories you can pick up. Uh, you get you know you get into bed. You just want to read a little bit before you fall asleep, and and uh, that that's a good book to have beside your bed. Is uh, is that uh, is it still in print? You know, I believe it still is. I don't know how many editions have come out. The particular edition that I have here is not a first. I believe it was printed about the time World War II was going on, 1943. But uh, uh, this book is still available. This one was picked up locally here in the Sheridan, Wyoming country from uh, the Best Out West Mall. I happened to be in there one day. Uh, I saw it on a shelf and the price was, was reasonable. You can also pick this book up online at uh, Abe Books, that's A-B-E books.com or on Amazon. They have these, uh, they have these available. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if someone on eBay isn't trying to sell that, that same story. Uh, in some places, they, they'll ask extra for shipping. Uh, in in the case of Abe Books, they have least expensive to most expensive. And in a lot of cases, uh, they'll give you an idea on what shipping might be or shipping might be free. Okay. But yes, this book is available. Maybe you even can get it on Kindle. You know what Kindle is? <laughs> I I do not. I'm. <laughs> it's a thing. It's electronic copy and uh, you'll, you hold this device in your hand for for those uh, listeners who uh, who uh, 
like to read things on electronic devices as opposed to actually holding a book. Okay. Well, Terry, thanks for stopping by today. And I, I hope you'll come back again. And folks, uh, we hope that you drop into the den also. And we'd be mighty grateful if you'd uh, help keep the lights on here in Dawson's Den. Uh, if you'll just click that little contribute button, we'd be much obliged. Till next time, happy trails and keep smiling till we meet again in the den. That's Dawson's Den.